This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis. This week on the woman behind the business, aligning passion with profits. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today we're diving into ways you can pursue your passion, gain a sense of peace, all while adding a few extra dollars to your bank account. Now, many of us either jumped into business after much deliberation or we were forced to make a decision and said, why not? For those of you who are on the fence and waiting for that aha moment or just the most opportune time to say yes to entrepreneurship, our first guest is a performance breakthrough expert. Dr. Gwen Smith is an author, inspirational speaker, and business success coach whose vision is to empower everyone to remove hidden obstacles that keep them stuck. She provides resources to enhance self-confidence, self-love, productivity, and breakthrough performance that translates into real peace, power, and profits. In addition, Dr. Smith recently won the Dale Carnegie Highest Achievement Award. Welcome to the show, Dr. Smith. Thank you so much, Angel. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, I sat and I was watching you as I was reading your intro and you're like, yep, check. Yep, check. That's me. <laughs> that is me. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> now, I've had a number of business and life coaches on the show, but you're the first that I've had used the term breakthrough performance expert. How did you coin that term for yourself? Wow, that's a great question. I would say that that was a download that I actually received. And some of your guests are going to go, ah, download, that sounds pretty woo-woo, right? (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I have gone through a number of transformational experiences in my life. Mm -hmm. Lots of bumps and bruises, lots of victories. And one day I was actually sitting in my office. This was maybe about three or so years ago. And I started to think, what does it require to bring about excellence? Excellence in your life, excellence in your business, excellence in your relationships. And I grabbed a pen and paper and thoughts started flooding my mind. And I wrote between the lines, double line for four pages of items that came up. And out of that came a model, which I called the Peace Power Profit Breakthrough Performance Model. Mm -hmm. That model is about breaking through to the next level, because I believe that we as human beings are not limited. Mm -hmm. We're limitless. Mm And because we're limitless, no matter what level of success we go to, there is always another level that's there. Mm -hmm. And at times, people may not have whatever it requires to get to that next level because, you know, you have your own life, your own experiences that you have. You grow comfortable. Yeah, you get really comfortable and you don't want to step outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And what it requires to get that to that level is breakthrough breakthrough performance. And so I've created this model where it you know some my courses are based on it, my coaching is based on it that there are three parts to this breakthrough and it first starts with awareness. Mm-hmm. 
And I will allow you to ask me. No, no, no. Questions. Go ahead. No, uh, trust me. I, my questions don't, don't come. But, but go okay, ahead. Go right. for it. So there are three parts. There's okay. the awareness mm-hmm. where you must first be aware of who you are mm-hmm. and what the things are that really inspire you. Mm-hmm. Then there's creation. And that level, at the creation level, this is where you're free to dream. Mm -hmm. You are free to create, whether passively or actively. Mm -hmm. And then there's a transformation phase. And that transformation phase is the phase where you actually get in action. And I think between the creation and the transformation, a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck. Mm -hmm. They get stuck there because they don't know what is the next level? They don't know how mm-hmm. they're going to achieve that. So that's what my model is based on. And that I've discovered no matter what area of life you're working in, that produces breakthrough to the next level. Results. Now, we're going to dive in and, and really kind of um, examine each of those levels. And the first one, you know, when you mentioned being aware You know, I know that you said you think that it's between creativity and breakthrough that a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck. But I would even say going back further, I think some people get stuck at the awareness phase. A lot of people get stuck at awareness. But, you know, the entrepreneurs, I find them to be a little. They're a little different. But I'm I'm saying like as a whole. As a whole. I completely agree with you. Sometimes have no idea like who they are. They have no clue. And that is a start. So how do you you work with that person to help them identify what their purpose is or what where their passion lies? Well, the, the awareness phase requires three things. Okay. It first requires that you understand who you are. A lot of people allow self-definitions, their limitations, and other aspects, words people say to them Mm -hmm. to define what they believe they can do. Mm -hmm. So the first idea is to figure out who you are. And that requires a process of really delving, asking yourself some important question, you know, and delving in internally. I do a lot of spiritual work in terms of helping people find that inner core, because I do believe that every single human being has an internal guidance system that if they were to tune in, it would be completely phenomenal. Their lives. Mm -hmm. But many people are disconnected from that internal guidance system. And because they're disconnected, you're right. A lot of them are not aware. They're defining themselves based on what's being society, mm-hmm. what other people are doing. They're setting their success marks based on what Sue has. And so they're never happy and never fulfilled. So how so do you awareness, tap into it? So you to tap into your awareness, you have to sit quietly. It's almost a meditative state Mm -hmm. where you have to go in and you have to be quiet. I I teach people how to do the right type of breathing, breathing to clear the energies in your body and breathing to focus. Can I get to really focus on your body? Can I get focused? Can you tell me like how how am I supposed to breathe? If I want to go into this meditation. If you wanted to do this, I would say, first of all, sit back, make sure you're relaxed. Okay. Okay. You make sure all of your muscles are 
tense, tensionless. You don't have any tension. So start from your head to your toe and just start releasing step by step. Mm-hmm. Now, you take four breaths in and four breaths out. You, I always in, uh, encourage people to take equal breaths in and equal because most people don't pay attention mm-hmm. to their out breaths. Okay. And that's what creates the state of tension and stress. So breathe in four. And I ask you to do that three times. And breathe out and relax. And with each out breath, mm-hmm. what I'm asking you to do is to relax a little bit more. So breathe in again. Four and out. And then finally, I want you to close your eyes if you can. And just continue breathing normally. Paying attention to your breathing. And if your mind drifts, I'll ask you to just very gently bring it back. There's no need to fight yourself. No need to fuss about it. Just gently bring back your awareness to your breathing and inside of your body. And if you can focus your attention in the area of your solar plexus, that's about right underneath your breastbone while you're relaxing. And just stay there and breathe. And feel the feelings in your body. What do you feel? Where is there tension? And I do have strategies to release the tension. But this kind of awareness is the first process of tuning into who you are. When you get to a state of quietude and restfulness, Mm -hmm. at times you will feel an electrifying feeling. I get that very often. Mm -hmm. That just surges through my body. And it's just a really beautiful experience. It feels almost divine. And you're quiet and you're listening. And at that point, inspiration comes through. If you're not in that space of quietude, Mm -hmm. you're never going to hear it. It's not an audible voice that's going to say, oh, hey, I'm over here. (laughs) It's a passing thought that you did not force. Mm -hmm. You didn't force it. It came readily to you. A lot of inspiring ideas come this way. Tuning into your intuition comes this way. And every single person who has to learn this process of loving their life and loving themselves and loving what they're doing needs to understand how to do that first. Mm -hmm. Then the second level of awareness is awareness of your environment. Mm -hmm. The things that are in your environment, the people, the circumstances, just really paying attention. Because when you neglect to pay attention to the inspiration that's coming in from all areas of your life, you are neglecting to pay attention to your growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. Because awareness is the first thing that fuels your growth. 
and your your evolvement. Mm-hmm. So paying attention there, and then paying attention third to other people, how they impact you, how you allow them to impact you. What what energies do you take from them mm-hmm. to run your life with? So that is the awareness piece in a capsule. And then, you know, there are other areas, of course, you know, I have a book that's coming out pretty soon. And we're going to get to that will, later. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which will really put it all out there. Now, when you take on new clients, what, were you, what would you say is part of your evaluation process um, to help people identify their passion? I have a, a process called the passion test that I administer to people. There, there are two processes. People can do the passion test, which is a three-hour opportunity as a group event, mm-hmm. because I can do that live as a group, or it's two-hour one-on-one, or there's an online version where they do that. But what is it and that during- you're looking for when, when you're doing that? With a passion test, what they're looking for, they're tapping into what makes them tick. So a lot of people come to, I'm, okay, so I, I'm a psychometrician by training, mm-hmm. right? My doctorate degree is in curriculum and instruction measurement and research. So I've done a lot of research, created surveys, created all of those things. And I have worked with testing companies mm-hmm. who have organized tests to get to a specific thing. So mm-hmm. you will find some people going off to do personality tests, for example, to figure out what they're passionate about mm-hmm. and what they love. Now, I'm not beating up on those tests, but the one thing I can say is that those tests do not really pinpoint the individual. Mm-hmm. They are standardized tests. Right. So you're going to come out with a reading like Johnny and Sue. But you're not like, even though you may have a personality type like Mm -hmm. that person, you're completely unique, right? So the first place to start is to have people tap into what it is that they like. I have something called the the Magic Money Matrix, which it's a free giveaway that I do that has people go in and identify what are they passionate about? Mm -hmm. What do they love? If they were not going to be paid money, Mm -hmm. what would they do? What did you dream of being as a child? child? You Mm -hmm. know, those those common questions that people like to ask. And then you use those questions to create a matrix with your skill levels, your trainings, mm-hmm. your experiences and background, mm-hmm. and, and you create a matrix so you can actually figure out by brainstorming different things that you can do. Then after they have that list, it's sorting time. And to do the sorting, people have to go into the quiet space again mm-hmm. to really sort through. And feelings Feelings, and I'm stressing feelings, are a huge part of this. Many people try to discount feelings Mm -hmm. and they say, oh, you know, feelings are random. Well, it can be, 
but not the inspired ones that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. I remember one of my professors saying, you can't measure feelings. But the thing is, and I used to teach my students the same thing. But the thing is, you can learn to tap in. And I think there are certain technologies now that are cued in mm -hmm. to even getting you to measure the proxies mm -hmm. of feelings. Right now, let's fast forward to one of the things that you were saying earlier as it relates to the creativity to transition state. And you were saying that you think that that's like one of the areas in which entrepreneurs kind of get stuck. How do you help them get unstuck in that phase? In that creation phase, there are two levels of creation. There is the active and the passive. Mm -hmm. I think many of them are good with the active part of it, but with the passive part of it, which is the part which is operating from their subconscious that they're not aware of, that is the part that I feel that's causing issues with people. When I work with people, one of the important things that they have to know is that because we're all energy, mm -hmm. every single thing you do in your life impacts every other thing. Mm -hmm. You can't have a horrible marriage at home and expect business to hum. Mm -hmm. Okay, so every single thing, if you're angry and you have an embedded emotion that's inside of you, that emotion that's trapped there can put a lid on what you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. So it's important to clear it. It's important to get it out of the system and clear it. So this um, passive creation is a process of, it's more in line with the law of attraction mm -hmm. bec because you have to be able to be in the right mindset in all areas of your life. Mm -hmm. Does it mean you have to be perfect and everything has to be right? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Things are going to come up because we're humans. But when those things come up, it's important for us to address them and clear them mm -hmm. immediately so you can continue to, to breathe and right. be free to create the things that you want in mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. So now that's the passive, right? That's passive. The okay. active creation is where you actually physically go and write down, create okay. the stuff on paper that mm -hmm. you want. Not physically in action, but physically in thoughts, with your own visualization, with your own imagination, just writing and creating the things that you want. So that, that Bible verse that essentially says, write the vision, make it plain. Essentially. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so when it comes to um, getting out of kind of like your own way, how do you help people? Like if you're saying that if you have these passive things kind of going on where you're not really conscious that these are impacting your work, your relationships with other people, how do you help them? to kind of streamline things and clear that space, like you mentioned? So first, uh, you have to, with in talking with them, you can figure out where they're stuck. I, I think I have a very good intuitive sense. And then I have a, a system which I call the Surrender for Freedom process that I use with my clients to help them to clear the emotion. 
I also have, I do uh, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And for some of the clients who want to go the next step, mm-hmm. hypnosis. You know, there are several. You do, you do hypnosis? I do. Really? <laughs> does the, it really work? It does. <laughs> See, look, everybody in the, the control though. room looked over like, really? Let's talk about this. But, but here's <laughs> the thing. No one can. And this is there's a lot of there are a lot of myths out there about hypnosis. Yeah. No one can hypnotize you without your permission or approval. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the transformation you're wanting, you have to be willing. You you can't go in there resistant and tense and expect it to work. Mm -hmm. But it absolutely does work. You know, I've done self-hypnosis too. To To yourself? Yeah. Girl bath. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's a process... It's it's really it's wonderful. I mean, people can people can overcome a lot of things just by, you know, going using those techniques or, you know, having those techniques used with them, being open to them. Okay, so let me ask this. So going under hypnosis or uh, allowing (laughs) yourself to be hypnotized, like what? Is it that you as a doctor, like, why would you prescribe hypnosis over some other um, remedy? So I I want to say I'm not a medical doctor. Well, you're a doctor still. Right. So just to make it clear. Yes. um, However, you said, how would I? Like, why would you choose to to hypnotize someone over um, some other re- great question. remedy. Like, what what is it that you are looking to pull from that person that hypnosis is best for? Well, if they are in their own way, and the, you know all the other approaches that I've tried just don't seem to be making any headway with them, mm. then I would recommend to have the hypnosis because um, it's a process where. Th- they allow themselves to be to be free and and open to the suggestions mm-hmm. that are being made to them and hypnosis is not taking control of your brain no. as people think or it's not something that's evil you know i used to think that <laughs> i used to think that you know i used to be really scared <laughs> until i understood what it is it's like meditation it really is You go in a meditative state and I make suggestions of the things you want to transform in your life. That's it. You make period. You make suggestions while they're in kind of like a meditative state. That's right. And what suggestions would you. Whatever they want in their life. Oh, so you essentially get them to tell you like, this is what I want to do. Oh, yeah. We have a session before and, Mm -hmm. you know, either they want to lose weight or they want to get over some fear or they want to take on this major goal or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. they tell me, I don't just go in and create stuff. <laughs> so interesting. Okay. So I always hear people say there's a season for growth and prosperity. Um, what do you do when you're not in your season? I think I'm always in the season of growth. See, that's what I feel like, too. But people are like, no, there's a season for this. There's a season for that. And I feel like it depends on how you're defining growth. Well, 
I think, you know, or they'll say, you know, this is your season. You know, like, you have you ever heard somebody say, oh, this I, is your season? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I always feel, personally, I always feel some kind of way, like, if I'm said, if I'm told this is your season, or if I hear someone saying that to someone else, because then I, I feel like that is the opposite of me not being in season. And what is life like when I'm not in season? I think, I, I believe that life seasons are there are rest periods and there are height periods, right? Mm-hmm. And neither one is wrong or right. Mm-hmm. And if people think that the rest periods are wrong, then of course they're going to come away feeling that they're not living their life. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a time when the cycles of life, you know, it fluctuates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a natural thing. And then what do you do in those moments, though? Mm-hmm. Do you freak out and go oh my god i'm not doing what i need but i think or a lot of do people you get do in that. a quiet well see that's the thing but what people need to do is to get in their quiet space that is the reason why so many people are stressed out on this planet and one of my deepest passion is getting people to understand that you don't have to achieve the moon to be happy and blissful. Mm-hmm. Things can be quiet or the rest period as you term it and life can be amazingly blissful. Mm-hmm. It's not contingent on things. right? It's not contingent on whether you get that goal done or those of course are important. They help to enhance it. Mm-hmm. However, happiness and bliss, when you, when you really knew, know who you are, when you're truly in love with yourself, when you're truly connected from that internal space, every moment is worthy. Mm-hmm. Every single one. None is wasted. Because now this may be the time when the universe or spirit is saying to you, giving you new thoughts. Mm-hmm. to take to the next level, new ideas to take to the next level. There's not a time in life when life needs to be humdrum and dry and boring. I don't... You don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Now, to this point, um, for those individuals who may feel as though they have to um, go above and beyond... and. I mean, to be honest, I'm probably one of those people who I always feel like I have to be doing, I have to be going, I have to be growing, I have to be producing, right? But this year, you've committed yourself to empowering women who've experienced relationship traumas um, to heal and to discover and implement their business, um, life, and relationship goals. So how do you go about helping those women? I have a nonprofit organization that I started um, to empower first single homeless mothers. Mm-hmm. I used to be a school administrator and I would see those kids come to school. You know, they would be sporadic in their attendance. They wouldn't pay attention. In fact, decades ago, as a young teacher, one of the boys in my class, he, he connects with me now. He told me, 
that when he was in my class giving all the trouble, what I didn't know was that he was homeless and that he would have to come back to the school to sleep in one of the rooms at night. Mm. And it broke my heart. So that stayed with me all the years. And then one day I was driving through San Diego and I drove under a bridge and I saw a lot of homeless people. I go, oh, my God, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And then my heart went out to the mothers with children, because I know when you've got a a soul depending on you, it can be so much harder. Mm -hmm. So I started the nonprofit organization to help single homeless moms. But now also this year, I'm looking at domestic violence as a means. That's one way that a lot of women find themselves homeless. Mm -hmm. And through that project, I'm hoping to bring that in with the nonprofit that that we have started and to get projects going to help empower women so that they can stand on their own two feet. We are looking for women who hard times have fallen upon. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not necessarily people running the streets who want to stay where they're at. Mm-hmm. They're looking for more mm-hmm. for themselves and their kids. Mm-hmm. And so through this organization, I am making this a goal of mine to focus on this year more than any other year. To do this, and it may become something that's long term. We're looking to make this international if we can, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's the goal that we that I have here for these women. Okay, that's awesome. And are you using your skill um, and how you help people kind of overcome their right. fears? That, that, or- that is the goal. We had a uh, board meeting on Friday because we had kind of gone dormant, right? Mm -hmm. And so we had a board meeting. We re-energized ourselves. We have an executive director who's decided to join the mission. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we now need to go out and get our funding on track and to get these projects going. But one of the goals is that I can... uh, My mission on this planet is... I call myself the spirit doctor. (laughs) You know, I like to empower people. I like to see people rise up and be more. Mm -hmm. So that is my goal. I don't want to be the one running the organization, even though I feel like to an extent I'll be doing that with my hands on Mm -hmm. to start. But I want to be the empowerer. Mm -hmm. And so that is that's how I see my role in this process. Now, this year, you're also releasing your book, Peace, Power, Profits, Why You Don't Have It and How to Get It. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about the book and what and what we can expect from it. Hmm. This book has been decades in coming. OK, let me tell you, as a young mother, where are you from? Me- originally, yes. Jamaica. OK, <laughs> as a young mom. Many, many years ago, I got married and found myself in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, at that time, I knew I would write a book. I didn't know what the book would be about. I didn't want the book just to be something about an abusive relationship, because what's the point? 
But as my life evolved, and I have been able to use a lot of the tools to transform myself and to transform my experiences, and also the tools that I use with my clients, I thought about putting it in the book. But first, I it was like, oh my gosh, people are going to think I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. How could you have endured something like that? And for years, I sat on the book. <laughs> I didn't want to put that out there. There was a lot of shame to it. There mm-hmm. was a lot of shame. And I didn't want to do it. But then this particular um time, I decided that, you know what, there are women who are going through this experience that my story could help transform. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote it in the book, but I didn't say anything to anyone. Okay, the book was still pretty much on my computer, sitting there. Then I joined a couple um, groups, uh, domestic violence groups Mm -hmm. on Facebook just to support the women, because even though my experience was decades ago, you know, I still feel connected. And what I saw in those groups bled my heart. Mm. And it gave me the courage to go out and to put my story on Facebook, something I would never have done, never. To say, you know what, I went through this. My transition came because of certain things I was able to put in my life, some of which we've spoken about already. And here's how you can have it. If you are going through any kind of relationship trauma Mm -hmm. or abuse, any kind of identity crisis, if you have experienced any kind of disappointments, heart-wrenching disappointments, any kind of setbacks in your life, deep setbacks in your life or business, things that have left a stain on your mind Mm -hmm. and in your body, then this book is intended to help lift you. Mm -hmm. Not just lift you out and heal, but to take you to the next level where you want to get to. So that was my mission in, in writing that book. And back to the point about being aware and sitting in awareness and getting the download. (laughs) I mean, much of that book was a download. Mm -hmm. You know, I would meditate and then here here comes a big block of text. And I had to grab my pen or grab my phone and start speaking and then put it in the body of the thing. So it's done now. And um, I'm really, I'm really proud of the work. And my goal is that lives will be transformed. That's now, my goal. I want you to stay with us. Um, we're going to head into our um, legal break. And when we, when we come back, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your breakthrough moment. Okay. All right. Awesome. Stay with us. Welcome to the WBB Legal Minute featuring Nyasha West. She's the principal attorney at West Law Firm, where she specializes in business law and family law and bankruptcy. Today, we're going to have a quick conversation about the different ways to get your business established. Now, Nyasha, what are those different entities that you can choose from when it comes time to establish your business? The most popular Entities that most business owners um, choose to go with when forming their businesses are 
a sole proprietorship, LLCs, or a corporation. Um, and the entity that you choose depends on what the business is that you're getting into. If you're getting into a business where you'll have very low interaction with the public and therefore very low liability, um, then a sole proprietorship may be a good option for you. Um, if you're getting into any other business where you're going to be interacting with pr- the public, se- um, selling them goods or services, then you would want to choose an LLC or a corporation. Um, and the reason is, is because um, th- with those entities, the business owner is personally protected. So your assets are personally protected. So if I have a business and my business is a store and somebody comes into my store and slips and falls. If I have an LLC or a corporation, the person who slipped and fell would sue the company and they wouldn't sue me. Mm -hmm. So what this means is that my house and my personal assets are protected and they would be limited to the assets of the, of the The company. company. Yes. Okay. Now really quickly, what's the difference between an S corp and a corp? So an S-Corp is a corporation that doesn't have self-employment taxes, um, whereas a corporation has a whole host of other um, of other taxes that the um, business would have to pay. Um, the biggest problem, not problem, but with uh, C-Corporations, um, the business owner may be subjected to double taxation mm-hmm. um, on their dividends. With the S-Corp, um, they wouldn't be subjected to double taxation. Okay. All right. Wonderful. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing this legal minute with us. You're welcome. All right. To learn more, how do people get in contact with you? You can contact me at the West Law Firm. My website address is nawestlaw.com or my telephone number is 301-798-4100. All right. Awesome. Thank you. And stay tuned for the rest of The Woman Behind the Business. Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Livas, and we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Gwen Smith of the Dr. Gwen Smith International Group, or is it just international? The Dr. Gwen International. Okay. The Dr. Gwen International. What you said is perfect. (laughs) Okay. So um, before we close, you were telling us about your personal journey um, that you went through and kind of like how all of this kind of evolved for you and why it's so important that you're doing the foundation work that you're doing and all of those things. So now I'm curious to know what was it that helped you break through? We talked about these three phases. um, And earlier in the show, you said that once you have the awareness, the creativity then there's a transformation. And you essentially said that this formula will work in any situation. Any situation at all. So for you, how did you make it to the transitional state? Well, here's the thing. I discovered once I started to cue in on my awareness, I discovered there were a lot of things that were missing. Number one, first, I don't think I really was cueing in to the impact of my relationship with others, like with my spouse at the time and wanting to cue in with my relationship with myself because that part was missing. I was listening to another voice telling me how to transition and live my life because basically, you know, 
as a young woman, I felt like I was very driven, very in tune, very motivated. Once I got married, I took on a different kind Role. of, yeah, and a different, yes, idea, a different idea of how I should operate, mm-hmm. right? And so I ceased to operate from inside here. Mm-hmm. And it was all about wanting to be submissive (laughs) and wanting to be the godly wife, despite the trauma and the pain that I was going through. Mm -hmm. Now, it didn't mean that I sat there and just did nothing about it and didn't speak. I have my mouth and I used it. (laughs) However, though, I would sit back and justify and reason away that voice that was coming from inside of me. Mm-hmm. And then when I woke up to that, that's what I was doing. Oh, my goodness. Whew. I was, it's like I took on the, a devil's horn. <laughs> I swung completely to the other end. <laughs> it was like, okay, nobody else is ever going to do this to me again. Mm-hmm. You look at me the wrong way, it's like, <laughs> The horns came out, you know? And then I realized, wait a minute. She looks so peaceful, (laughs) y'all. But then I go, wait a minute now. This is driving the right people away. So Mm -hmm. this isn't working, you know? So for a long time, I kind of flip-flop between trying to be me Mm -hmm. without really connecting with who I was and living from that place. Mm -hmm which is the first breakthrough. So once I discovered that, then I had to go on a mission, okay? What are the things that I like? What are the things that make me happy? And actually, I sat down after the divorce and made a list. Well, wait, how did you get out of the divorce? How How did did you, I mean, like how... Because a lot of I know, but a lot of times like people they have these moments of like you said earlier, they feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And you make excuses and you deal with certain things that are happening in the relationship just because whether it's society standards or good church standards. Yeah, yeah. you know, you don't want to be all that. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's why I'm asking, you know, once you made it through all of those things. What was your realization um, in that period that made you like, not today, Satan, this this is over? Well, you know, after after a number of years, um, we used to live in New York City, right? So we moved to Florida and then there was this church guy who used to call to check up on the family to see how we were doing. And so one day he called and, you know, I and said, well, how are you doing? And he knew about what was going on because at that point I wasn't silent about mm-hmm. it. I wasn't mm-hmm. sweeping anything under the rug. My husband was an elder in the church mm-hmm. <laughs> doing all that stuff. So anyway, and so was this other guy. So mm-hmm. he called and I said, you know what, I'm going to leave. And he started telling me why I shouldn't. Mm. (laughs) I was incensed. And normally, I don't try to offend people outright, you know. I will try to be cordial and respectful about it. 
So as he was telling me, because by this, I had started to tune in to my own internal voice. And my internal voice was saying that I needed to do this. Mm. And he was telling me all the Bible scriptures of why, which is what I had listened to all the years Mm -hmm. and suffered. And I said, look, brother, whatever his (laughs) name was, I said, listen, you have not lived my life. You have no idea what my experiences are. You do not know what's going on inside of this home. I am the one who is best suited to make my own decision on my life. Pretty much that was it. And when I got done saying those words, I was shocked. (laughs) I was shocked, first of all, that it came out. (laughs) And then I was shocked about the freedom I felt power. I felt so free. It's like, oh, oh my gosh, there is something about speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. That's There's liberating. So, oh, so liberating, let me tell you. Yeah. And so I felt free. So at that point, this was a point when I had started to, you know, grow the devil's horn. <laughs> you know, I started to be really liberated. Like, I started to speak my truth <laughs> to everybody. everybody. <laughs> and I started to isolate people, though. But you know what? During the moment while I was doing that, I didn't feel disempowered the way I did during the marriage. Mm-hmm. But I thought, okay, this feeling that I'm feeling is good. However, isolating people is not. Mm-hmm. So I need to figure this thing out. So I just gradually moved myself back towards the middle, toward being assertive Mm -hmm. instead of being aggressive, because really that's really where I had gone to. Mm -hmm. And now I simply, by knowing who I am, I'm able to set my boundaries in my marriage, in my relationships, wherever I go. You know, I set my boundaries And so when I discovered who I was, I made my list, 20 items on my list of what my next spouse was going to have. I wasn't jaded because that relationship was so off. Something was just not right about it. So I knew that was not normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I made a list and I showed it to my friends and they laughed. (laughs) They go, Gwen, you're not going to find anybody with those 20 things. I said, yes, I am. I am. And I knew it deep inside of me. I felt it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, said my prayers over the list, tuck it in my basket and forgot about it and went on to live my life. And then long story short, when my husband showed up, the guy I'm married to, my husband now, when the guy showed up. (laughs) And I found the list one day after I had um, we had engaged. I found the list because I had forgotten about it. And he had 19 of the 20 qualities. (laughs) And the number 20th one is that he didn't play a musical instrument. I thought, that's fine. I can live with that. I can live with that. I played something. My kids played something. So it's it's all good, you know. So. But so that's how, you know, it started for me. Then I had to discover what I loved doing Mm because I had gone to the place in my career where I had achieved everything I wanted. Mm -hmm. I had achieved the positions, the income I had. I had everything I wanted. 
And I got to that pinnacle and there was a great void inside of me, just a big hole. And I thought, gosh, this is not supposed to feel this way. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought when I got here, I would be on top of the world, but it wasn't. And I had to go looking. I knew I didn't want to be where I was 20 years later doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I had to go finding and exploring what made me alive. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. I started with teaching years ago. I love transforming. I love changing people's lives. Mm -hmm. I really do. And during my career, as I looked back as a school administrator, one of the greatest things that I had was working with those, the teachers, like going to their classrooms, watching them teach and coaching them mm-hmm. on strategies. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one, the, those were my high moments. So if people want to figure out what are you passionate about, just think back, what are the things you're doing that when you do them, you had a high so high mm-hmm. that you felt refreshed and energized at the end of it. So that really um, was what really got me on the path Then I had to learn how to deal with those because all the trapped emotions from my previous marriage wasn't all gone. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. So that's why you practice the hypnosis on yourself? Well, the self-hypnosis, not for that. You know, I do my surrender for freedom technique. I do that to clear that up. Um, But, you know, it has been really, really phenomenal we have reached a point in the show where we um, share our moment from the valley. Now, I feel like you've shared a lot in your breakthrough of that particular situation, but this particular segment of the show is completely dedicated to you sharing um, something that you went through, like a very low place in time in your life, what that moment was, how you got out of it, and what was waiting for you on the other side. Well, wait. Well, I'll give you a moment to think. No, I don't have to think. Well, no. (laughs) I'm going to give you a moment to think. And while you think, we are going to play Living My Life Like It's Golden. Stay with us. Like it's golden, golden. Living my life like it's golden, golden. Living my life like it's golden. 
right. Are you ready to share your moment from the valley? I am. All right. Go ahead. So my husband is amazing. And we got married. We have a blended family. And at times there are issues with boundaries, with kids, etc. So our relationship had gotten to a point where it had stalled. We were literal strangers in the same household. I had jumped into a, a real estate investment business right after I quit my career. And that was that business was going down. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, what am I going to do? I had to face the moment of truth because here is my business going down and the marriage is going south. And what I decided I was going to do is tune in anyway and follow my internal guidance system, which is what I did. And so we had actually gotten to the point where we had signed divorce papers and he you know, I I said, look, go file it in another state there because, you know, we I need this thing over mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, I had now learned how to draw my line and set my limit. And I was not I saw how that not doing that would mess a relationship up mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to have a repeat. Now, Mark, you this is a nice guy. He is really amazing. He spoils me. But there were some things that were no deals for me, as far as that was concerned. So anyway, uh, what happened was we separated and he pretty much moved to another state with the girls because they were going to college in that state. And I went to an event uh, in Virginia called the Landmark Forum. And having gone to that event, um, I heard some things inside of there that really was what I was communicating. Now, Mark, you here I was in a state where, you know, I was feeling like my finances were not there. My marriage, he was the one carrying the burden then. And and I am still normally I would have been fearful and say, OK, you know what? I can't. I can't, where am I going to get the money to do this? Mm -hmm. But I I said, no, whatever, let it fall. Let the chips fall where they may. So he stepped out and he went to Florida. And at the end of that event, there was an invitation that I I called him up to invite him to come. And he said, "Um, well, Gwen, you're calling me on a Sunday and this event is in a day and a half. You know, I'm not going to find a plane ticket that is cheap enough to come. I said, well, did you look? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, no, I didn't. I said, well, can you look and then let me know? Mm -hmm. So I called him back the next day and I said, well, and he said, I'm coming. Mm -hmm. So I was elated. He came out to that event and he actually also did that forum. Now, the first day when he came home, it was like, is this for real? I need to really see if this is for real. You know, when is the other shoe going to drop? I've been waiting. It has not. Now, that whole transformation process occurred because I took the time to set out what I felt my boundaries were, and I wasn't going to flex it 
as a result of my current situation. I wasn't willing to flex it. Okay. And things worked out. It worked out for both of our good, you know, because now I think as a result of that experience, having gone there, he has seen me to that Mm-hmm. about border, mm-hmm. you know, so he knows what We're to expect if we go there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think I want to bring this back to your listeners that it's so important when you establish your boundaries to enforce them and to enforce them again, because by doing that, people learn you. Mm-hmm. They know who you are. They know how far they can push you. And it's not like, you know, he has his boundaries, too, with me. It's not a one-way street. Mm-hmm. So we both have our boundaries. But I, I don't know if that <laughs> fits your ticket, but that is one of the one of the low points that I feel like I was going to get to at, at that point in my life. No, I mean, everybody has their different moments um where they feel low um and to different extremes that they go to realize so how did you guys if you guys had already signed the divorce papers you guys hadn't filed them yet he didn't file it i kept calling did you file a paper no i didn't i said go down there and do it tomorrow (laughs) okay next day i called him did you file the paper no i didn't do it so it went on like that then he finally said well gwen i don't know what may come up to haunt me later i said what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) so anyway you know we have fun i mean he's amazing (laughs) he really is amazing i have to say that Oh, good. Well, I'm happy to hear that it ended with a happy story and that he's still your husband. Still my husband. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your moment from the Valley with us. Would you like to share your social media information or contact information for our listeners to get in contact with you? Yes. If uh, if folks want to get in touch with me there, I have an email info, I-N-F-O at T-H-E-D-R-G-W-E-N dot com. Or if they if they want to schedule something so we can talk, that would be the Dr. Gwen, T-H-E-D-R-G-W-E-N dot com backslash complimentary. And that's with an I. I'm on Facebook. If you go to my website, you will see all the links at the bottom. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on even platforms I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm pretty much everywhere. So people sh- shouldn't have any issues finding me. So she's very accessible, <laughs> very everyone. Accessible. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you. I am so delighted to have been here with you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So that is our show for today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And now you can start registering for the Women Behind the Business Retreat titled Vision 2020, using scriptures to propel you to new dimensions. It's all happening on the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, February 20th through 24th, 2020 at Bahama Resort and Convention Center. To register, visit wbbtalk.com slash registration and of course follow us on social media at wbbtalk a special thank you to our show producer Kyle Murdoch and our program director Max Myrick until next time stay blessed